1: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. After a year away, Formula One is back in Austin. In hot and humid weather today, cars were back on track with Valtteri Bottas leading a 1-2 in FP1, 9 tenths ahead of Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez fastest of FP2, while his teammate battled with traffic, leaving Verstappen down in 8th. We had a moment in FP2 where the championship rivals lined up wheel-to-wheel along the main straight and up the hill to turn one, looking like they'd forgotten for a moment that it was only FP2. We saw a few spins throughout the sessions and several lap times deleted, and of course the standings are as close as ever, so there is lots to chat through today. Today we are joined by Jake boxall Leg, Autosports Technical Editor, JBL. It has been a while since we chatted on the pod. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. It's uh, we're getting into that final stage of the season now, which is uh, kind of exciting. Uh, This this final title fight is uh, coming towards its uh, crescendo. Uh, Lots of races for Red Bull and Mercedes to really show what they can do over the next few rounds. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it all goes down. But yeah, it's it's been such a great season.
1: It has indeed. And it is so great to be back in Austin. It's actually my first time at the US Grand Prix. And I have to say the atmosphere out here is incredible. So day one of track action is done and dusted. Valtteri topped FP1 and Checo was fastest of FP2. The Mercedes versus Red Bull battle continues. It shows no signs of letting up. Although in this case, it was not the championship rivals that were quickest. What did you make of seeing both Valtteri and Checo quickest in today's practice sessions?
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to see them both at the top. Obviously, you know we expect this Hamilton Verstappen battle, but as we know, Valtteri is very, very good at getting up to speed, very, very quickly. Um, you know, he just seems to have that instinct when you get into FP one. Um, he's he, he's very, very quick. Um, obviously, then Lewis then dials it up, but, but but Valtteri has always been very, very good at FP one, and uh, yeah. It's, Sergio Perez fastest in FP2. FP2 was a bit of a messy session. Um Verstappen didn't get a clean lap because of traffic. Uh the Mercedes seemed to be doing sort of different run plans if if that made sense. And obviously Hamilton did go, go quickest, but his his lap time was deleted for track limits at turn 19 um but there's a lot more to come from from both teams i think um you know there were suggestions on the internet that maybe mercedes was sandbagging a bit maybe red bull was found a little bit more i, I think they're, they're closer than you think um mercedes probably does have the edge at the circuit of the americas uh it has done for the last few years but red bull you know as they have been all year are, are very much in the mix
1: That is the thing about this season, right? We go to tracks where um, we typically think they would be Mercedes tracks, or we typically think they would be Red Bull tracks. But what we're finding this year is that both teams are showing up every single race. And uh, I think it was Checo Perez that was saying this weekend, you know, they don't look at it anymore as this is a Mercedes track or this is a Red Bull track. They're just taking each one as it comes because this season has shown us that Either team can take it. Red Bull have been bringing their A game throughout the season and it's certainly paying off and Mercedes have certainly stepped up uh, over the last few races as well. So definitely, uh, definitely neck in neck still. Now I wanted to talk about the news that we had from Mercedes that Valtteri Bottas will be taking his sixth A engine of the season I believe it's his fourth in six races he's going to be receiving a five place grid penalty as a result Uh, can you shed some light on why Valtteri is taking yet another engine and what the issues are that Mercedes are trying to remedy
2: yeah so it's another penalty for Bottas um uh, some of the issues that Mercedes is is trying to remedy as you say um they've kind of isolated it down to an internal combustion engine issue. That's the bit that's been sort of uh, changed quite a lot over the last few rounds. Um, It's not clear what 100%, you know, the issue is. And I think they're still trying to find out what it is, but they're very much erring on the side of caution. They don't want to get into the final couple of races and really be pushing the limits of reliability, especially with, you know, the title battle going down to potentially going down to the wire, Um, having, Bottas uh being able to play his part in helping potentially Hamilton get his his eighth title, that's what they want. Uh and obviously they don't want to lose a car because uh reliability is 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 iffy at that stage in the season. It's quite interesting as well because that was something Mercedes worried about at the start of the season as well, if you remember in testing. Um, you know, Aston Martin struggled and Mercedes struggled as well to sort of get laps on the on the board. Uh, in Bahrain, um, and they seem to have sort of fixed it, but things are starting to rear their heads again. And I don't know if that's just because it's old engines or whatnot, or whether there is a legitimate concern about the the internal combustion engine. But you know, they're working on it. They're trying to make sure that they can keep everybody, uh, you know, going forward into the season, the rest of the season, um, without you know suffering reliability issues. Um, so that's the main thing they're trying to sort of cover off. Obviously, championship implications are huge. So, um, yeah, they, they're just—I they, think—they're just being very, very careful uh, and don't want to go into the final round in Abu Dhabi. And Hamilton has an engine problem, and that loses him the title. Uh, <laughs> he's been there before, so um, you, you know they don't want to—they don't want to repeat that.
1: Now, of course, we also had the news from Aston Martin and Williams that Sebastian Vettel and George Russell will be starting on the back of the grid as they are replacing components. Obviously, using the same package there as Mercedes. Uh, Looking at the on-track action that we had today, though, we had neither championship rival fastest, but we did see Lewis and Max racing each other up to Turn 1. Pretty unusual to see drivers going wheel-to-wheel like that in FP2. Uh, Is this a sign of what is to come and just how competitive the drivers are feeling this weekend?
2: Yeah, it was pretty feisty, that battle between Hamilton and Verstappen in in FP2 going to Turn 1. Verstappen... uh... Threw him the finger uh, as Hamilton passed uh, and called him an idiot. And obviously, yeah, it's only Friday. They don't want to be racing this early. But it it is, you're right, it's so competitive um, between the two drivers. And it's just really, it is kind of interesting to see that that happened. And, you know, Hamilton continued with his session. And it seemed to get to max a little bit there. Um, Obviously, I don't want to stir things up, but he seemed to be sort of quite abrupt on the radio. Uh, he uh, then got caught in a lot of traffic as well and had to abandon his his, his fast lap. So he, he had an unrepresentative time and he only finished in eighth in, in FP2. So yeah, it's just this battle between the two of them. Uh, and As Dr. Helmut Marco said after the session, uh, they're not going to go for dinner together anytime soon. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's a championship scrap uh, and it's, It's boiling over and it's getting very, very spicy between them.
1: It is getting spicy indeed. And looking forward to qualifying tomorrow, we know that Lewis has fantastic form at this track, but this year things are so, so close as we've already touched on. Who do you think has the upper hand going into qualifying? Do you reckon that ultimately it will be a battle between Lewis and Max like we've seen so many times throughout the season? Or do you think that it will be open to their teammates, for instance, and potentially other people further down the pack?
2: you can't discount Bottas. He's been, since he signed that deal with Alfa Romeo, he's been on form. Um, and he'll be in the frame for it. I mean, obviously he get, he has a penalty, but going into qualifying, he'll be up there with, with, with Hamilton and Verstappen and Perez is looking good. Uh, he looked very, very good in FP2 and you can't discount him either. Um, it is a circuit that he's raced on many, many times. He has a lot of experience. Um, um, Uh, and his car seems hooked up um he seems to have got a a a really good setup in that rebel uh and so he looks he looks quite comfortable um and that sort of like precipitated in having that fastest time in fp2 so all four of them really could be in the mix um obviously i'd probably swing in favor of one of the mercedes getting the fastest time um but We'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely going to be between those those two big guns, if you like.
1: And moving on to the battle for third in the constructors' championship, Ferrari were looking quick today with both drivers in the top five in FP one, despite a spin for Charles. But then in FP two, Lando was second fastest with Daniel fifth fastest. So sort of the tables turning there a little bit between the two teams. Ferrari have obviously recently given both their drivers that upgraded package, and it seems to have had a positive impact on the car performance. Can you tell us any more about where those gains have actually come from?
2: Yeah, so one of the things Ferrari's done is it's uh, reconfigured its, its battery within the power unit. And um, both drivers, you know, took new power unit components over the last couple of rounds, and Ferrari has just sort of seemed to kick on. Um, and having had a look at the sort of long run times towards the end of FP two as well, um, the two teams, Ferrari and M- McLaren, have looked really, really close. Um, both sort of running in the the low one minute forty twos, high minute one minute forty ones. Um, they look to be on a par. Um, you wouldn't say that the circuit of the Americas is one of the circuits that is best suited to the McLaren because. You know, you have the, you know, towards the end of the lap, the sort of uh, reverse Turkey turn eight, if you like, uh, which is uh, it's turned sort of 16, 17, that kind of area. It, it's not great at those particular corners and you wouldn't expect the the McLaren to be sort of so good at navigating the first section. But that's one of the sort of areas where the Ferrari Ferrari really excels. It just sort of seems to ride those kerbs really, really nicely. Uh, I, I say that uh, <laughs> car science did have a little bit of a moment towards the end of FP2. Um, but they seem very, very evenly matched in the sense that they're producing similar lap times, but their strengths do vary. Um, and so, again, this battle as well, like the Mercedes Red Bull one this is one that's going to go down to the wire as well and you know third place it doesn't you know it sort of seems like a little bit of a consolation prize but with it comes prize money and all of that kind of thing uh, and a little bit of bragging rights as well Um, but yeah uh, the two teams seem very very evenly matched.
0: Well before we continue a huge thanks to today's podcast sponsor for bringing this show to you for free. Party Casino is your first choice for sports betting, and that, of course, means Formula One. Who do you think will be the race winner next time out in Austin? Who's the favourite? Who's an outsider? Who will you bet on? You can also make a bet on this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire now that Max has once again taken the lead but it's not just formula one check out the sports section of party casino to bet on the prem championship bundesliga or La liga maybe you're all about tennis horse racing or moto gp doesn't matter there's 39 different sports you'll find in party casino and if you want to hit the slots enjoy full party casino experience with jackpot slots the best vegas games roulette in the live casino and all the blackjack games I know you love. So, when you're ready, get the party started with 50 free spins on Starburst. Just go to autosport.com slash partycasino. Easy to remember. Give it a go. Three easy steps. Sign up. Deposit 10 quid. Enjoy 50 free spins. Give it a go. Tell us how you get on. autosport.com slash partycasino. It's open to UK residents over 18. Read the full terms and conditions at partycasino.com. And please gamble responsibly. <laughs>
1: Now, moving further down the pack, it was a tricky day for Fernando Alonso today, so I want to touch on him for a moment. In FP1, we saw him stopping on track pretty early into the session. It brought out the red flag, and then in FP2, he had a spin, ended up in the barriers at Turn 19. He was able to drive back to the pits, but um, going back to that first incident in FP1, do we know any more about what the issue was with his car?
2: We don't quite know what the the problem with Alonso was in FP one at the moment, um, but yeah, it was a very tricky day. Um, they did manage to get it, the the Alpine going at the end of the end of the session, so he was able to get some laps on the board. And then, uh, yeah, that spin towards the end of FP two just spun at turn nineteen, which is catching a lot of drivers out. Um, and. Uh, yeah, he sort of went, managed to get it sort of rearwards into the barrier and didn't do too much damage. He just kind of sort of scuffed an end plate, and I'm sure there'll be a, a few other little bits of ancillary damage that Alpine will have a look at and get fixed up for, for tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it, 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 looked like a very, very tricky day for, for Alpine. Um, and yeah, we'll have to sort of wait and see and see if Alonso is able to shake that off and, kick on in FP3 and get prepared for qualifying in uh, on, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, we'll see how things unfold for him tomorrow. Uh, but sticking with those midfield teams for a little while, uh, Alpine, Aston Martin, Alpha Tauri. Alpine currently leading in the standings on 104 points with Alpha Tauri behind on 92 and then Aston Martin trailing behind a little on 61. What were your thoughts of their performance today and how well do you think each team will be suited to this track?
2: it's very very curious in that battle because one of the things i saw on the uh the f one feed was that alpha tauri was the third quickest car uh according to the 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 uh, the performance indicator but it didn't really sort of pan out that way um out of the two teams uh coming out of f p two um Lance Stroll was obviously the quickest out of those three midfield teams, Alpine Aston Martin and uh going P6. Uh, managed to get a really clean run in on the on the soft tire um, during the, the quali sims. So Aston Martin sort of seems to be relatively at home. Um, you know, obviously it's a sort of similar design ethos to the Mercedes. So obviously if Mercedes does well, then you would kind of expect Aston Martin to to have a good run too. Afterry looked a little bit at sea to be honest with you cuz Pierre Gasly only you know you, we usually expect him in in the top 10 he's a fixture in the top 6 in qualifying and he was only 12th uh in in FP2 so yeah it, it the car didn't look that bad on track it looked you know relatively benign handling but it just didn't seem to sort of have the pace Uh and Alpine, you would sort of probably say is sort of between the, between the two um, Ocon did a, did a good job. Um And obviously Alonso had, had a few struggles, but you know, they'll get back on top of that tomorrow um and, and, and see what they can do. But yeah, you'd have to say on balance that sort of battle between Alpine and Alfa Tauri, uh Aston Martin sort of seems to have fallen out of the window a little bit um in that battle for, for fifth or overall, but you know there's still six races and if they have a couple of good rounds they can sort of come back at the other two teams if they they struggle but yeah it sort of seems a little bit beyond them at this stage but yeah Alpha Tari and Alpine on balance probably the best two teams uh, out of the three but Aston looks like it might have a good weekend
1: that is the beauty of this season. Everything is so, so close, not just at the top of the pack when we're talking about, you know, Red Bull and Mercedes, but all the way down. Um, it really is a race by race basis. And that's what's keeping things so exciting this season. So keen to see how things unfold in the midfield for the remaining races as well. Now... In today's session, we had a number of laps deleted for track limits, including one of Lewis's, which was a very quick lap, actually. Uh, but do you expect that track limits will be quite an issue tomorrow in qualifying? Or do you think that this was just a case of the drivers today pushing the limits, finding the limits, and tomorrow they'll be able to, you know, rein it in and get the car on the limit as opposed to over it?
2: Yeah, track limits always are an issue in in Austin, especially at Turn 19, um, because you come into that that corner so quickly, it's very very difficult to react, uh, especially if you're you're understeering a little bit. You just sort of drift wide, and then you go off onto the curb and over the white line, and that's your your lap time done. Really, um, I don't know if you've ever seen any IndyCar races, but they take a very lax attitude to that corner, um, and the cars just go off into the into the runoff, and nobody cares. Um, they just you know go for it, and they sort of do a vague approximation of the corner, but never really make it. Formula One, obviously much more strict with that regard so um it's not really a surprise to see a lot of times being deleted i think there were quite a few times being deleted in turn nine as well um and obviously in the tight corners as well you don't really gain too much time um but you'll see a lot of drivers going off particularly you know turn one if they just sort of overcook the braking and that sort of thing um, but yeah, it's just those fast corners like turn nine, turn, like turn 19, where if you keep your foot in it and you don't keep it on the right side of the curb, then that's, that's bye-bye lap time. And I suspect we'll see a lot of that in qualifying tomorrow
1: something to definitely something to definitely keep an eye on tomorrow then now final thing um, of course you are our technical editor so it's only right that we pick your brains when we have you here with us are there any interesting upgrades or changes that you've seen any of the teams bring this weekend um, anything worth mentioning
2: well obviously there's been the sort of furore of the uh not furore, that's the wrong term, but obviously been a lot of interest in the Mercedes uh, appearing to have a sort of system where it can, during the high-speed corners, or high-speed corners, the during the straights, rather, be able to reduce the rake of the the car, which is absolutely vital in getting extra straight-line speed. And this is something that Christian Horner spoke a lot, a lot about uh, on, on TV. Um, you know, he suspects that Mercedes is running a system. I don't think it's really a system. I think it's just being boxing quite clever with the suspension at the rear so when the car seems to sort of hit a certain speed on the straights um and gets to a sort of certain downforce level um what happens is the the rear of the car sort of hunkers down and what we get there of course is um a much reduced sort of frontal area because obviously lifting the rear of the car if you look at the car dead on you'll see it's got a much greater frontal area so that's going to increase your drag if you're running a high rake setup on the straight but also what happens is um when it hunkers down it sort of deviates usually from what the aero profile is doing so the floor might for example uh, stall which is generally what teams want it to do on a straight anyway but you can sort of create a much more extreme level of that. And so you're cutting your drag completely. And so you're going to be able to reach a much higher top speed. Uh, Red Bull said that it was very, very extreme on the Mercedes in Turkey and perhaps less so uh, at Austin because just because of the, the characteristics of the track really. Um, but yeah, it's helping them get a little bit extra straight line speed Um what what they're actually doing uh within the car we don't really know at this stage um you can probably you know lots of people i'm sure will draw conclusions um but yeah they just seem very very happy with with the car mercedes uh they seem to have hit a suspension sweet spot in getting that extra straight line speed um you know everything in modern formula one cars is interlinked suspension and aero and and god knows what um everything marries together perfectly. And it just seems to have given them a situation where they can drop that rake because they don't run a very high rake anyway, um, to get more straight line speed, but they just drop it even further. And so derive that advantage. Um, let so see. Yeah. I think that's all I can say on that at this point. I'm sure more will, will come out in the wash as, as it always does. As it did with flexi wings earlier in the year and this, that, and the other. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be a very clever solution. Um, And obviously we can assume that because Mercedes is kind of trying to take it easy with its power units, it doesn't want to run them at uh, too high a level. So you would have to expect that the straight line speed advantage they've got over Red Bull at this stage does come from from that sort of suspension setup and that aero uh, mapping as well. So, yeah, I think just a very, very good job from them.
1: Thank you so much for that, JBL. It is fantastic to have insight like that here on the Autosport Podcast. That is all that we have time for today. JBL, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone for listening. We will be back tomorrow with our qualifying report. Make sure you tune in and enjoy the sessions as well. We'll catch you tomorrow.
0: The world is waiting, waiting
2: for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds.
1: Sports Social
2: Podcast Network.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?